Welcome to Sex Gym. This is Melinda, and I am lucky enough to be here with Anthony. And Anthony is um, another another one of my TikTok characters. And I'm going to tell y'all that I have absolutely fallen in love with some of this community because of the expression and the authenticity that really comes from that, right? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna let him introduce himself, but then um, you know we're kind of going to chat about um, bipolar today and bipolar in relationships. And so do you want to introduce yourself and just say whatever you want shared? Okay. Um, my name's Anthony. I'm bipolar. I've been diagnosed for about 18 years now. I've been on medication for 18 years. Um, I'm married for 17 years and three beautiful boys. And, um, yeah, Think three that's boys. Yeah, three boys. Yeah. Ranging ages, ranging in ages from one of them is 30, the other one is 16, the other one is 13. Oh, so you have like that full exposure. You're still having to try to keep up with teenagers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is not easy. I was I always told I always tell anybody when I when, when I my first one was born when I was 20, and I always say I had the energy but not the knowledge. And now with my teenagers, I have the knowledge, but no energy. So it's, (laughs) so it's one of those situations. It is. And also whenever I had my son younger and it tends to be that like, I had no knowledge and I also had no money at all. (laughs) I was broke. (laughs) For sure, Right. I was too, man. And I was like, okay, let's do this single mom life. And then now I'm like, no, let me spoil the grandchild. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It it's so fun, but I will say a lot of the stuff that we learned by having some of those um less opportunity to turn to money kind of times, mm-hmm. like they really benefited from. And so it's interesting to see like now my son and things that he saw that were important and significant, and you know. And me making sure to, you know, translate that still. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's funny. Cause now as my son is an adult, that's he's 30 and living on his own and, and all this stuff, he's going, you know, he has, he has pictures. He remembers things of a certain ages that happened to me when he was around and was either upset about it or didn't understand it. And now he's, he's an adult. And when he gets to those ages, those pivotal ages, he remembers those things and he was like, dad, you know, I, wow. You know, like I, I'm, I'm beginning to understand and see things, you yeah. know, and, you know, it's just one of those things where you have to like go through it to understand. But, um, he barely knew that I was bipolar growing up. Like he oh, just, really? yeah, he just saw, cause I was, I was diagnosed when I was in my early thirties. So he saw me at pretty bad times. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a good, I wasn't a great parent because of those things. I mean, I did my best and tried my best, but I was always depressed. I was always, you know, angry or I needed to be alone or so we had, you know, those kind of things going on with us. Just whenever you were learning, um, I know we kind of jumped into that, but I'm going to take the yeah. opportunity. No, kids. No, no, no. That's totally okay. Kids will bring it to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so did he, is that kind of in the time that you were trying to figure out medicines or because you hadn't yet got the diagnosis? I was never diagnosed. I was never diagnosed bipolar until I was in my early thirties. Okay. Ever before that, 
I, even when I was younger, like, I, you know, I, I went to therapy and went to a psychiatrist very young. I must have been at least 11, very early on and maybe younger. I don't remember. But um, I was diagnosed with depression and like just it's like anxiety. Nothing like bipolar. I mean, back then, I don't think they even discussed that mm-hmm. or, knew that, or I don't know if they knew about it, but they just didn't, they didn't discuss that. Yeah. It was, a, it was about depression. And then they would give you some medicine to get you over the depression. And once you were better, they take you off, they slowly take you off the depression. So it was kind of like a roller coaster ride all my life from younger to from when I was young to like, my, like I said, to my, my thirties until I was really diagnosed mm-hmm. older. And it got worse as I, as I went along, you know, I got angrier, I got more reactive. I got more, you know, I'd never physically hurt anyone, but I was physically hurting myself as far as like hitting walls and angry stuff like that, things like that, breaking yeah. things, stuff like that. So Self-harm is one of the, or not self-harm, but like you have to get out the emotion somehow, like self-medicating and those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I struggled younger before I knew what to do, you know, how to take care of myself. And that was one of the things, you know, is either hurt other people or hurt myself. And so right. it, it was normally like that. So, no, I understand exactly what you're talking yeah, about. And, you know, it's like if I didn't release it in some way, like hit something or punch the wall or something, like it wouldn't go away just wouldn't go away. And then I did what you did. Like I, you know, my, I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic, but I did drink a lot at that time to get through that stuff. Like I don't suffer from that anymore. Like I have an occasional drink here and there, no big deal. But at that time it was like a way to deal, you know, and I, and I did pot and stuff like that and things like nothing more, nothing stronger than that. Thank God I didn't get into anything because you it know. does happen to people, you know, because yeah. nobody I, validates that they're, what they're struggling with is something that's real, you know, um, and give, give strategies. So now, do you mind saying what you were, which, which bipolar you were diagnosed with one or two? Uh, geez, I think it was one. Okay. Yeah. the one, yeah. It was 13 years ago now, but, um, I, you know, it's, I wasn't made, I'm not a, a it's like, it's not as bad as other people get. Would that be, num- would that be one? <laughs> It's yeah, it's still valid. It's still okay. No, so it's still valid, yeah. yeah. But it's not like I've read stories of people going out and buying cars because they can't afford it, like going to manic episodes like that. Like my manic episode is like I'll go crazy in the house and I have to clean and I'm just I get f- frantic. And mm-hmm. you know, truth be told, my loves my wife loves that part because I clean up. Yeah, she's like, oh clean, yeah. Oh, he's manic though. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I feel sorry for you while you're having the episode and cleaning the house. We might as well benefit from it if it's Mm going to be here. Hey, you know what? Yeah. ADHD and um, the stuff that I've dealt with in the past, use it to my advantage now. If I'm, yeah. You got it twisted in some way that you got, it helps you out like it you need an outlet just try to I try to do other things you know like you know listen to music or take a walk or run around like do run something do something with the kid like you know you know I, it used to be to like now it's easier but it used to be to the point where it was like I have to do something positive or I'm going to do something destructive yeah you know and it's and I had to it was very hard to choose the other not so much now but I train myself now but back then yeah. it was like I can either go drink. Discipline. You know what? Discipline is what that is. It's mental yeah. health discipline. Um, and I think that it's 
it, it has to be validated because as we learn skills and we start to, like you said, okay, this is a choice that I do not want to do. So this is a choice that I have to. And then you started creating that discipline. Training is the same, but I don't know. I just think that it training has to do with like you, you know, you had a set thing that you had to do. Discipline is something different because I feel like you had to design it so that you could go in the direction that you needed to. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I mean, absolutely. It does. Um, and that was very hard for me to learn. The discipline part of it was very hard. To, like when I was first diagnosed with bipolar, I, it, it, it was it was like a double-edged sword because it was like, oh, that's what I have. And then it was like, oh, man, this is what I have. And then it was being disciplined enough to take medication and stay on it. Because I was like, like many people, I went on it. And then I, oh, I feel good now. I went off of it and did stupid things. And then um, go on it again. And, you know, it was hard, especially, you know, I give it to my wife because it was very hard for her to go through this. When I first met her, that's when I decided to go to the doctor, get diagnosed and get on medication. I didn't want to lose a woman that was so special. And and um, but, you know, when I would go on it and felt good, I would go off of it. And she could tell right away. Right. She knew she could tell me she could tell the difference between being on meds or not being on meds. And, um, you know. I had to be disciplined in that in, in, in so many other areas. So it was, it was a curse in a sense where I was like, oh my God, I got to take this medicine every day of my life. And then now it's, and, and then I saw it now as a blessing. Yep. I was going to say, did it, I, yay, the scene, that's part of your story that I like, yeah. like now, all the stuff that you get to do and the medicine gives you all of that space to live in. Yeah, it's opened up a new world for me. And it's not like taking something that you're not supposed to have. It's balancing out the chemicals in your brain, right? Right. And, but we shame taking medicines and we, our egos fight it so much. And so. And I went through that where people were, I went through that shame, not so much for myself, but people were saying, oh, you, you know, they were like, they were hanging out with me and all that stuff. But like, they would be like, oh, you don't need that. You don't need those meds. And I'm like, do you remember how I was? And, you know, some of them thought it was just me being happy-go-lucky happy out there. And, you know, and a lot of them majorly did not know what I was going through at home. Like, I would go days without calling somebody back. It was a, it was a struggle to pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, and they would always be like, hey, I've been calling you for a couple of days. Oh, I've been busy, and, you know, whatever. But they had no idea. And yeah. so when I started getting on meds and doing less things, drinking less and cutting back on all those things that were negative in my life, you know, they saw this like, oh, they, it's kind of weird, but they kind of missed the way I was. And Makes I was sense. like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I had to choose what person I wanted to be. And I was like, I'm going to be this new guy that I haven't mm-hmm. known ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm picking, I'm picking this me. Well, and it is weird because people around us get trained to that. Um, and so I, I was actually misdiagnosed with bipolar and, but, you know, but if, had they not misdiagnosed me, then I would never have found the direction that I needed to go. Okay. And so by learning skills that matched up with that, I learned how to handle the severe depression, severe anxiety and severe ADHD. 
And so I had like this perfect storm that mimicked this other thing. But my skills increased and I was like, wait a minute, I'm taking care of myself and it's still, this is not okay. And it's because the last piece of the puzzle was not that it was bipolar, but that it was severe ADHD. And of all the things that I needed to be treating, that was the most important. But it took a little while to get there, you know, Um, and they do misdiagnose a lot of times. And so you have to, I think it's important to, for people to know that you have to keep consistent with what you understand to be true about yourself. Right. You know, if one person tells you that you don't have bipolar and you know, your brain is not doing something right. Right. Then you have to go to the next person. It may not be bipolar, but something is awry. Right. I always tell people that you really need to trust yourself. And know, mm-hmm. you know and, and really, you know, your brain the way it is right now, you know, and, 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 and people get discouraged with the different types of meds and the misdiagnosis and all this stuff. And they just completely drop it and stop going. And they just don't, you know, they automatically think <clears throat> that there's no hope for them. Yeah. You know, they don't think no, there's no, but you got to find, you know, if you don't feel, if you're not feeling a doctor, go to another one. If you don't feel what they're telling you is right, be honest with them. Talk to them and say, look, you know, this is not right for me. This meds are not right for me. This is how I feel. Like it took me two years to get on the med. Like it took me about two years, maybe, or maybe three to get on the the, the medication and everything, everything, the right dosage, everything, the right, you know, like the right time of day to take it. Everything was, you know, it was very, it was very, you know, to find that, to find that, that click, that something that made it work. And so I always tell people, don't get discouraged just because they didn't find the right meds. Doesn't mean there's so many meds out there. One of them mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And also don't settle. You don't have to take a med that doesn't make you feel right. 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 You know, now healthy is what I say is because um, actually, because it's going to feel different for sure. Because, but familiar is not always good because familiar right. might be anger or it might be manic. And what you're feeling now is actually that you can go to bed at night and that you can function the next day. And you know what I mean? And it may, you know, you may have to learn how to recreate instead of that adrenaline rush of a manic episode, you may have to learn how to create what kind of gets you going and you enjoy. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I was a stay at home dad for 10 years when, when, when my two younger ones were, um, you know, babies. And so for 10 years, I was with them. But in the beginning of that stage, I was testing out different meds, too. Mm-hmm. And so I was I would they would try me on meds where my wife would go to work. Lucky she, she worked like five minutes away or 10 minutes away. And I would be like, oh, I'm not feeling right. You know, I'm, I'm getting very groggy. I'm getting very. This is not safe. For me and the boys, you know, to be taking care of babies while I'm feeling like this way. And I would call my wife. You got to come home. I can't I can't function. You know, and so we went through those stages of me trying to find the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was a, it was trial and error. Nope. I think and I think that it's that's an important piece of the puzzle because one, the relationship, you know, sustained the trial and error. And to know, to tell people that it is hard on the relationship, even if it's just your journey, yeah. it's the team. <laughs> yeah. You know, for her. it was hard, it's hard for her to see me that way, one. It's hard for her to deal with me sometimes. You know, we've learned, she's learned in the ways where she knows when she has to push me and she knows when she has to be like, all right, let me let him get, give him a day. Let him, let, you know, give him a cup. You know, he, she, you know, we've gone through this and it took, you know, 
it took it was hard it was it was very hard and um but you know like that's when i realized you know we really must love each other and we must and during this pandemic it was like we really must like each other you know so i, was, <laughs> I always tell people like if you if you marry somebody you love but make sure you like them before you get married because let me tell you for sure, for sure. Oh my God, I love that. No, yeah, I think my wife and I were like, whoa, this is awesome. We actually like, we can work in the same space if we had to. And um, and, and it was great. Like we, we were like, oh wow, this is you guys this are is awesome. not bad at all. Oh, thanks. Watch you guys on, on TikTok video, on the videos and stuff. She, you guys are awesome. You guys are really sweet. <laughs> she cracks me up. Did you, did you see what she did on there about deleting? Oh yeah, yeah, you did. did. I'm like, no, no, That's you right. can't make your numbers even. <laughs> deleted? <laughs> like you're trying to get over to a thousand. It's hard to get to a thousand, you know, because you're like desperate. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm like, no, that account need we want to use that for traveling like, and stuff. Yeah, just friends you and then don't look at the numbers anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. The way the brain works, right? It does, man. Um, and so, so kind of what, and, and kind of with that same thing, the way the brain works, <laughs> transitioning back to the bipolar and self. So you mentioned whenever, and I kind of took us off, I'm sorry about the TikTok thing, but um, the, um, but I do think that that's like important, you know, like whenever I saw your TikToks, like I did see how it wasn't just you, like you did you know, you included that the system works together, you know, like you and her and the life and the discipline has to be, you know, like across the board. It's a gift to give each other, you know, it's a gift for you to do the discipline for yourself and to have yeah. started it out of love for her. Uh-huh. Right. And then, and then she gives you back that gift of disciplining how she's going to support you and and loving you back through that yeah it, it wow well, you know the way you put it just you put it perfectly i don't even have to say anything because it, <laughs> you don't i mean that was it that was that was perfect you know and then it, i mean we went through stuff and it, it's hard to even i can't it's been 17 years but i can't really name it but you know just this like the struggles i mean we lived in new york we had no plan to move here to maryland you know, but sometimes I don't even know how I got to Maryland. Honestly, it was just one of those crazy things. Like, but, um, you know, <laughs> journeys, you know, and, and, and so I don't know. It's just having the kids and having this life that we have together. I, I find it so, so, um, I, I want to say delicate, but it's like, so, yeah, fry is so fragile and that, if, if anything I can do to keep it, I want to do. And so, you know, I, I don't even second guess the medicine anymore. Like I just, at night I take my meds and, you know, I, like it's like second nature is like sleep. And that's another thing that's a part of my, my, um, my treatment. I don't think it's just the medicine alone. I got to get the right amount of sleep. I got to take care of myself, drink water. I got to drink a lot of water. I got to take walks when I have you. I got to, you know, do what's good for the brain. So it's a lot of things that are contribute to that. It's not just the meds. You got to do your part. 
See, and all that to me says that you disciplined yourself because you felt like you and your life and your family were worth it, you know, and, and that, that's the most, like, that's what I see in some of in your story, you know? And I mean, I know it's always like, you know, on these platforms, you know, we see bits and pieces and stuff like that. And there's always, you know, like life that happens too. But I did really like how that system, you know, was represented because it does affect, you know, everybody. Um, and sometimes yeah. them, the, so kind of with, um, and we talked a little bit about like, um, not so much addictions, but using other things to self-medicate. Um, and that is very, very common. And so the fact that you were able to come out of that, you know. And I would tell you that was, that's a miracle right there because, and I, and I, I, I you know, I think, I don't know if you believe in God or whatever, but I think the higher power, would, I really thank God in that because I had come from a family of full-on addiction. Like my dad was an alcoholic. My brother was, you know, at, at, when he was young, he was a drug dealer, but then he turned into, he turned to drugs and was a drug addict and had addiction with that, went to jail and all that stuff. So it's there. Mm-hmm. It was there, you know, and I don't know how I kept it at, at a bit, at a certain distance where I didn't fully dive in, but it was there. And I saw that, you know, I saw that there and it was, it would have been easy. It would have been very easy, but I don't know. Something kept me. Just from that just point. Tip. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Just there. Just. <laughs> Sorry. I just say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this is awesome. You got it. You got me. <laughs> so it, got me, you know, it was, it was right there. And then on top of that being like having addiction in my family and, you know, I grew up with a very low self-esteem, low self-worth because of my depression and all that stuff and things that happened to me growing up, you know, you know, I, like I say, I'm an open book because on TikTok, I would tell you, you, you know, when I was younger, I was um, physically abused by a Catholic school teacher. Mm. You know, I was sexually abused by a family member. Um, and then, you know, my father being an alcoholic and all that stuff, it brought a lot of anxiety and all that stuff. So I, w- I felt honestly, I felt like garbage, you know, and, and to get out of that. And it's, it's like part of me sees and knows that person and recognizes that person. But there's another part, there's another part of me that like, Hmm, how can I ever have been that person that thought that they were garbage, you know, but that's, and you know, I see that in a lot of people and I, you know, and I always constantly say, you know, you, you know, this world needs you, this world needs you. That's another thing I never tried to do. I never tried to like you know, in my life, which is a miracle. I don't know. Those are, those are things that I like, I, I'll think about. I'm like, dang, like how, what, how did I not? But like you said, well, right. I was there. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say like, um, as far as the, um, like kind of how the journey happens and all of the stuff that's back here. So like that trauma brain, you know, and how it functions. Um, I definitely think that as we start to work on ourselves, like, and I use this analogy with, with, with people that I work with, and it's kind of like driving the car, like the person that we are today is supposed to be driving the car, but there's different us in the backseat. And so whenever it comes to survival mode, they, somebody jumps up depending on what the crisis is and they, 
run around the car, they try to grab the steering wheel, they bang on the glass in front of it, and and you have to pull over and you have to buckle them in and you have to say, okay, I know you're scared. I know you use these strategies and it worked in the past, but I'm telling you, I got this. I want you to buckle in. You did the survival. I'm going to do the living. Right. You know, and like, it's super, I think that with trauma in the past, it's so important because that can affect, you know, missing some real mental health stuff that you need to deal with. Not, Mm -hmm. not that trauma is not real mental health stuff. I didn't mean that, but you know what I mean? Like, that could help you with deal more with the trauma better. Uh-huh. You know? And so I think that that cycle that we get put in, you know, is, is a very real one. Yeah. Um, and, and generational addiction. Sometimes I think to myself and I think, okay, like my dad died at 39 from alcoholism. Right. 39. That's so you know young. how much you have to drink to die at 39 years old from yeah. cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it was so, so young. But I have learned now that I think that he struggled with something and no one took the time to recognize it. You know, that's no justification for some of the stuff and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah. Yeah. but it may be a reason. Maybe. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, anyway, and the, the more I, we dive, I dive into some of these podcasts and journey with people through their stories, the more I, you know, understand that like these journeys, these generational um, is really important and significant. It is. I worry about that because I know my mother suffered from depression and anxiety because she was so scared of everything happening to me. And she was very overprotective. And then I know my father, you know, he was a drinker and he suffered from depression. But now that I, now that I'm taking care of my dad, because my mom passed away four years ago and he's living with us now. Now that he's with us, I started to see things that I was, I saw in myself back then when I was in, when I was undiagnosed and I, and a a major part of me, I mean, I'm not going to, he's 81. So I don't know if he's not going to let me take him to anywhere. Yeah. I feel he's bipolar. You know, that's what I think. I feel, I don't know, maybe, but I know he suffers from, he has a lot of anger. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to interact with people in a sense. I always think that there's like a, there's pieces of the puzzle that we put together. And, you know, you had mentioned, you said, um, I don't know why I didn't go to addiction, you know, because you were just right there. Right. Uh And it sometimes like, and like with me, like I wasn't willing, even though I didn't know how to switch gears, I was not willing to give up my life with my son, period, hands down. I was not willing. And so at that point, whenever I realized, okay, it's not even like, this is not a possibility. You know, I have to figure my, my stuff out because I wasn't willing to waste one more day. Yeah. And, you know, and then whenever it becomes important enough to live life and, and you have the modeling of how not to live life. Right. Yeah. And so you go, okay, I got to do something different because that ain't gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's awesome. Um, What are some things that you feel like we've hit on pretty much everything? I know, I know. I'm so excited (laughs) to get to talk with you. Looking forward to it. I know. And so what are some things that you feel like you and your wife? And remember, I ask these questions, but if you don't want to share information, please don't. What are some things that you feel like the bipolar really affected the relationship with your wife? I know you've touched on a few different things and what, how, how did y'all kind of move past those um, either in the, in the 
communication, intimacy, um, emotional, like any of those. Well, whenever I would get off the meds, because, you know, at that time I was, I went off them and I, but those were like really tough times because like, it's like I gave up and not only with the medicine, but I also gave up on the life I was having with my wife and my family, because I didn't feel like I was good enough. Like I was still struggling with that. And so we went through, you know, we went to counseling, marriage counseling together, maybe two to three times. And we learned some tips and every time we, even now we're fine and everything, but even now I'll like, if we feel like we're having a little issue or whatever, we'll go. I mean, it's not like, we're, yeah. you know, you don't have to go only when it's the end of the world. You go, you go just to help you get through that hump. Yep. And, so, you know, whenever we, whenever, you know, we went to therapy and those are the times that have really helped me and get me back on my meds, understand my wife more, understand her pain towards me and what I've caused her, you know, cause we get to, t- we tend to be very selfish in when we're like in that phase of bi- being bipolar and unmedicated. It's all about how we were feeling and the darkness inside and all this stuff. So it helped me understand what she was going through, what she was struggling with and, you know, what she had to carry because I wasn't carrying anything. So she yeah. had to, be, it had to be double for her. So yeah, those are times that were, you know, we lacked, I lacked, I lacked mm-hmm. in my role as a husband and as a friend. Yeah. Oh, and as yeah. a father, the father. You know, and now, like, I won't, I won't do that again. Like, you know, it was really hard to get on meds because I knew how I felt before that. But then I was starting to feel these new things. Like, it's like you're getting to know another person, but it's you. So, like, being on meds, it changed your, is this how people feel sad? Is this how they're supposed to feel? Like, it doesn't stay that long? You know, like... It's emotional regulation um, chemically so that you can then build skills with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I found that was a struggle for me getting to know this new person and the feelings that I was having. And is, is the meds doing this? Is the meds doing that? Like that was hard too. That's kind of what I mentioned that whenever I do work with people, you know, like they'll say the meds make me feel wrong and it's okay. Is it, is it wrong or is it that different doesn't feel familiar? Right. Because the familiar we know is unhealthy. And so wrong may actually be healthy that we need to, we need to learn about and explore. No, I I think spot on. And so it's, and that's also something to hard to explain in a relationship, you know, whenever you don't even, you don't even have the strategies yourself. And so. And basically I got diagnosed and and we, and we, and we're, while I was being diagnosed and taking the meds in the beginning, I was getting to know my wife because we had just met. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, it was like juggling, you know, in a sense it was like, cause I, you know, I, I like being with her and I want to be with her, but yet it was like, oh my God, I don't know who this new person is. So, you know, it was a little up and down there in the beginning with her and I, and, um, but we, you know, we got through it like we always do. And, um, you know, it just, it was, it was, it was like this, it's like, it's like, it's crazy. Cause it was like a flip of a switch, like before my life was crap. And then I start taking meds and all of a sudden my life is, I meet this wonderful person, you know, I'm on this journey now. Like I had no idea was even there and boom, you know, we get married, we have kids. It was like, wow. It's like, I never thought I'd have that. Well, because it goes back to that chemical balance, you know, and that's what people get so frustrated about having taken the meds because they feel like it's a deficiency. No, it's a genetic 
And there's something, you know, like if, if you, if you needed a cane because your knee was hurting, you would use the cane. If you wanted to live a life that was with movement, (laughs) you know, and, and so it, it doesn't mean that you, you know, that you are broken. It means that, you know, you have been given something that can help you. You can either choose to use it or not. But I think with mental health, especially with bipolar, it's so foggy. It's so foggy. And it does become so hard to see everybody else's side. It does. does. And that's why with the, that's why that was my, because you said you're not something about broken. That's why my hashtag is not broken, just different. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I started thinking about it with myself. You know, I'm like, I'm not broken. I'm just different from everybody else. And, you know, and some people are like me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody's everybody. Oh, I love that. And I do love that hashtag. I have, I have seen that before. <laughs> I do love that. Um, uh, is there anything that you feel like working with people who are in relationships that do struggle with bipolar? Is there anything that you feel like would really be like, this is a no-go. Oh, and I, this is, I'm sorry, my ADHD just kicked in a second. Um, I'm going to come back to that. So I'm putting that right here. Okay. Um, <laughs> But the other thing that I wanted to validate was the counseling. You know, like one of the best things that I tell people is if you're going to counseling to find strategies, that means you're before the fire. Right. You know? And I, you know, if, if I tell my clients, if you ever go to another counselor, if they are not willing to go see a counselor whenever they need to run, right. you know, if counselors don't believe in what they're doing for themselves, Right. That scares me. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I have someone I check in with if I need to, you know, like I, and I, I, th- I promote that is that it is good mental health, you know, for everybody. Yeah. You so got really to validate that. Yeah. You have to know, like eventually once you learn yourself and you're on meds and you learn yourself and you see what's going on and you start, you have, you know, you learn your triggers and you learn what could bother you. And, you know, like, it took me time, but now, you know, I go to my psychiatrist and she's like, how are you doing? And this and like, she goes, you have really come a long way. She goes, you are, you have honestly recognized your triggers and you stay away from them. If you, and that, you know, triggers can be anything like people, like if I know people yeah. trigger me, they're out, I'm out. You know, yeah. I just won't have anything to do with them. Cause I know, I see what it's about. Yeah. And so, yes. and that's situ, you know, if situation triggers me, if something, you know, so there are things you have to power through, but like, if there's something you can avoid, that's not going to like, you know, you know, make your day or make your life avoid that, you know? And so you, you'll learn your, you'll learn yourself and what sets you off. Yeah. And, yeah. and okay. Well, that leads right into what I was going to ask um, anyway, is that, is there anything, cause that's good. Is there anything that you would add to like in relationships and in you know, dealing with bipolar and seeing, you know, how it can cause destruction, but then you can also get to the building. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to add to that? Um, it's very, you have to, you know, you really have to see beyond yourself in that situation. It's very hard to see beyond yourself when you're in that state. But if you try to see beyond, you know, yourself and see what it's doing to other people, that love you and that are there for you and all that stuff. Um, that's when I, that's what I think that's when I sacrificed my, my self and my past to, to, to get to that better place. Like I had to give up on that. I had to give up on, on that kind of like 
selfishness. A good way to put it. I think it's, I think it's selfishness. I mean, I don't know if that's, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I hate to say it like that, but for me, it was, it was for me, well, it was self in a way. What do you think about, like, I think about the um, attachment to ego, you know, like, like if I say I'm going to take my medicine, then that means that I'm broken where you let go of that and said, no, that means that I was strong enough to fix something. You know, it means that I wasn't broken, that and struggle to like, you have to start thinking, rethinking things the way they are. I mean, you can't just because you take meds doesn't make you weak. And those are things that, you know, we have to start in society. That's why I started TikTok and why I started my TikTok was because I wanted to show people that, and that's why I decided to be real in the TikToks. Like I'm absolutely showing you me. I even put the emotions of what I feel in those things. And sometimes I'm making a TikTok and I'm like, at the end of it, when I'm finished, it'll leave me emotionally raw and, and like drained because if I actually went into that situation, like it made me think about things. So like when you see me tearing up in those TikToks, that's me tearing up in those TikToks because I feel what I'm saying. And so I think, I, you know, I go back to those, I, it's, it's like I touch back into those moments where I felt that. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's, you have, like you said, you, you know, you have to let go of that ego. Of yeah. That. yeah. And I mean, I, and some people get offended by me using the word ego. So I don't, I, I was kind of testing the waters, but that is what it makes me think of. Like whenever, whenever I had to figure out my own journey, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have the right to want the life that I have. And also not take care of myself. And, you know, and so I have to pick a road. Either I'm going to be someone who's healthy or I'm going to be somebody who's not. Yeah. And, you know, it goes hand in hand. If you you want the life you want, you have to live this life. You have to do things this way. You can't have both. Discipline. Because otherwise, you know, you can't have both. You you know, otherwise you're going to lose it. You're going to lose. I I mean, I could have lost this all if I wouldn't stayed with myself. And, you know, and, 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 and thought about my family. And those were things that really kept me on track. And now I feel like it's me keeping myself on track. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you come to that point where it's just, it's all, it's about you taking care of yourself to have this. Well, and that's ultimately the autonomy in a relationship that allows you to have a choice to connect, you know, like you're creating your own autonomy with taking care of yourself, which opens up the door to more and more connection. With uh-huh. your family, with your wife, you know, with your wife, with your kids, with with your dad, even and rebuilding or enjoying moments that you don't have to restructure, you know, um, or anything. You know, there's just moments that you're getting to have with him, and some are frustrating, or some are well, maybe not with your dad, but so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so I saw your face, and I was like. Mm-hmm. okay well i just have to say that i really do appreciate and if there is absolutely anything um i'm gonna link your tiktok if there's anything else that you want linked like if you have your instagram and those kind of things if you'll just send them you know send them to me man i will make sure that that's in there because i want people to get to follow you and get to see those see that journey and the, and the realness, the realness, what I saw, you know, um, and I appreciate it. Um, and talking, I, you, you've been awesome. You too. You too. You've been awesome. Now, you know, we only see their little snippets of videos and now we get to see, you know, we got to talk to each other. 
You know what? And this has been awesome because this has been part of this journey with some of these TikTok creators that I've seen. Love these people. I really do love these people. Like I love watching their stuff. I look forward to getting on TikTok every day just to see, you know, even you coming on saying good morning. This is Wednesday. Tuesday. Like those are things that like, wow, you know, this is Wednesday. You know, and I try to, you know, and, you oh, know, like, thank you. I'm glad yeah. to know that. <laughs> and I, I love Sarah Jane watching her videos crack me up. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, she's amazing too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I love these guys, you know, watching them and they're inspirational each and every one of them. Everybody with a different piece. And so that's why I kind of started. Those yeah. yeah. You know, this section chat um, podcast, you know, um, everybody thinks that it's going to talk just about intimacy as far as sexual intimacy. Right, right. But what but what see, we sometimes talk about is how you build a foundation for connection for physical intimacy. Right. And I think that that is just as important, you know, as anything else. And so some of these journeys are so important because you gave yourself value, which gave value to a relationship that you were trying to build. Yeah, that's perfectly said. Yeah. So, and and I think that's awesome, and that's what you represent, and I've I've enjoyed, and I look forward to seeing more. And I will let you know um, when this goes live. Um, And for everybody else out there, you know, we send a big thank you to um, Anthony for joining us um, about bipolar and relationship, and um, and then also um, this is Melinda signing off. I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful day.